Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 26, 2019. Is it just me, or do you feel like the summer is racing by us? Seems like time goes by so fast. Do you ever notice as you get older, time goes by faster? I mean, I don't know why that's true, but it seems like it is to me. Anyways, summer is going by pretty darn fast. Well, either way, one thing is certain. There are a lot of variables at play in the marketplace right now. So you're going to need some guidance, and unbiased guidance. And that's fine, and I'm hoping that's why you're here. That's why you're listening to the Invest Talk Show here. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you also call. I always We live and die by your calls. And, of course, your calls are what drives the show to whatever wherever you want to take it. As long as it's financial, I'm on board with that. So just remember, call anything financial, anything. Uh, you know, 401ks, IRAs, insurance. I had a class on um, uh, on uh, rental properties yesterday, buying and selling. I bought six of them over my lifetime. Sold them all at one time in the summer of 2004. But I started very young getting into property, buying them. It took me, it was hard. It was very hard. Anyways, uh, we'll talk anything financial. Because our only goal here is for everybody to reach a, a, a place in their life where they don't have to worry about money anymore. And we've been calling that financial freedom. And that all that means is that you just don't have to worry about it. You have enough, and that money makes enough money to, for you to live comfortably. And, our call, and so you can call and ask any questions about that, getting to that point. The number's live, 888-99-CHART. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, of course. This is the 4 o'clock hour on the West Coast. And if you live anywhere near New York on the East Coast, New York City, save some time on September 19th. I'm coming to Manhattan, and I'm taking appointments for no-cost portfolio reviews. Take a look at where you are. But you do have to register at investtalk.com. you got to hold a spot for yourself. And I only have a day. Maybe I might extend it to two days, but that's it. And, you know... I can only, I, I don't squeeze people. I give everybody about an hour and a half time so we can talk at our leisure. Talk about financial freedom and where you are on that path. My main talking point today concerns the market opinion, analysis, and analyst's opinion about the market. And he says you will need a five point plan for surviving the coming stock market meltdown. Now, he can say that because the stock market always melts down every so often. Always has, always will. Also melts up. Always has, always will. And it melts up more than it melts down over long periods of time. His theory claims that when investors are excessively bullish, it means two things. Both of those are bad things. So, what is the recommendation? What does he say? What is? How do you recognize excessive bullishness? And he's got his opinions, and I agree with some of them. I got other interesting talking points too. 
Did we we need to talk about the durable goods report? Every, it comes out every Monday. We uh, did we we didn't talk about the ECB uh, that met. Remember, I did say they were going to meet. Well, they did meet. What happened? And how about what? Where expatriates, people who live who who are U.S. citizens, moved out of the country? What country do you think they went moved to? What is the number one country they moved to leaving the United States? What's number two? I got top ten. And I'm pretty sure that no one will guess what number two is. Maybe you might be able to guess number one, but I don't think number two. Anyways, so those are things we're going to talk about today. If you don't make your calls and we talk about the things that you want to talk about. So what happened to the market today? Well, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, it started off up, and it ended up up. Uh, the Dow was up 51 points, the, Na- the Nasdaq up 91, and the S&P up 22. Gold was up again. Um, why was it up? Well, because of GDP numbers. Did you see those? We'll talk about those before the end of the show. We really will. So that's what we're going to talk about. What's on your mind, though? What do you guys want to talk about? Let's go ahead and start. Let's go ahead and take some questions here. Here's a call that came into our anytime listener line number 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Adam calling from Woodland Hills, California. I just started listening to your show. I really enjoy it. It's a nice change from what's on CNBC. My question is about the GDXJ, the juniors. It looks like uh, they obviously made a big move up. Now they are in the process consolidating from your perspective do you see this as making a platform to go higher or do you feel that it is overbought thanks so much i actually think uh gold is going higher i i do think it's going higher um i i have said all year long into last year into this year that this is the year that gold is probably going to perform uh, and I said that because I thought the, the market was just, you know, too, too, uh, the dollar was too strong. I felt the dollar would weaken. I actually felt there would be some inflation, even though there isn't. And those two things, dollar weakening and inflation going up, would be very bullish for gold. And frankly, what's been driving gold is more fear than the dollar going down on inflation because we don't have those. So I still think they're in play. Not necessarily inflation with a lot of inflation, but just a little more than we have. But I do think the dollar is too strong. And I think the dollar weakening will drive gold up higher. Dollar is, what, making a new high. It's doing, you know, it's, it's doing very, very well. And one of the reasons is, is because the dollar is being compared to, you know, it's a comparison of other currencies with the dollar. Now, other currencies aren't strength, strengthening at all. Their economies aren't strengthening. Their, their, their economies are a lot weaker than ours. Therefore, our dollar stays fairly strong, even though we have huge debt, even though yeah, we, we're going to lower our interest rate because uh, there's, there's cracks in our economy. Economy is still pretty good, but there's cracks out there. So I still think gold will have, well, this year will be a good year for gold. So I still think it's got a little bit more ways to run. It's, run, it's done pretty good so far. So... I think that GDXJ, which is the Junior Gold Miner Index, is a is a is is a good investment. 
It's also a good hedge if the market does fall. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And while no one can always accurately predict market movements, there is one thing I know is always true. If you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you have got to be prepared for market volatility. It's just going to happen. That means you need to make sure that your portfolio is balanced. It's it's defensive in some ways. There's some hedges involved. Even if it's just with some cash on the sideline waiting for a better opportunity. That's okay. You got to take some kind of action. You do. So, if you want Justin and I to help you with that, we'd be happy to do so. Contact our contact us, him or myself, Steve Peasley, in our Ryan office, California. KPP Financial. Go to kppfinancial.com, uh, investtalk.com. Send me an email. And I will have highlights of our KPP Premium Newsletter today. Close out every Friday. But now I'm taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. We've made it to the last Friday in July. The markets have certainly been interesting, but the threat of damaging volatility is ever present. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. You could benefit from a no-cost portfolio review, and Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose on July 31st and August 29th. Then, on September 19th and 20th, Steve will be in New York City to conduct his complimentary and personalized portfolio consultations. Register soon at investtalk.com. Steve is here now taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. The GDP number was out. This is the first uh, look at the second quarter GDP. I think the estimates were like 1.9%, some of them 1.8%, and actually came in at 2.1% for the second quarter. So that helped the market today. Um, so it was better, better than expected. Now, what was interesting is why was it better than expected? Well, it was better than expected because the consumer spent a lot more money than anything else. That's what drove it. Uh, the manufacturing sector, the uh, 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 spending by government, uh, by uh, corporations, and and uh, was lower. And there was a big drawdown on inventory. So that kind of on that side of the ledger wasn't so great. But the consumer spending side was very good. Overcame that. So what is the Fed going to do about this? Remember, they meet next week. I don't think that it's going to matter a, a, a whit, what, the GDP number. I don't think it's going to do anything. They're still going to lower interest rates probably by a quarter point next week. Amazon came out with a quarterly earnings of $5.22 per share. That missed the consensus estimate of $5.29. Only $0.07. Cents. Missed by 20 minutes. Stock went down. Now, year goes $5.07, so it went from 5.07 to 5.22. But remember, it missed expectations. You, if you miss expectations, the stock is going to go down. If you guide in the future uh, with pointing to trouble ahead or less so than everybody thought, stocks prices, your stock company is your company, is going, your, the price of the stock of your company is going to go down. Now, mind you, Amazon has added 33% this year. They've gone up 33%, much better than S&P this year. But 
this is what happens with growth type stocks. Amazon's given to be more of a blue chip type stock. It can't grow like it used to. Now, compared with Amazon, Google earnings tell a different story. At Google, profit and revenue beat expectations. And that's despite that, you know, antitrust problem scrutiny they're having from the government. A 16% surge in ad sales year over year to $32.6 billion eased concerns of a persistent slowdown in Alphabet's core business. Alphabet is Google. Sales for cloud and YouTube were particularly strong. Cloud-based sales and YouTube. Um, so, Alphabet shares went up 9% today. Pretty good move. Anyways, McDonald's. McDonald's. See, we're in the middle of earnings season. That's one of the reasons why I'm talking about it. There's lots of earnings coming out, and I'm, I'm trying to report to you some of the, the more interesting ones, the ones of companies that you're familiar with. McDonald's today reported same-source sales growth that topped estimates, and that's, uh, that's how retail is looked at, whether it's a food business or whatever. Same-store sales. So were the sales last year X, what were the same-store sales this year? And they better be growing if you want the stock to go up. Shares of the company hit an all-time high at $218. This is McDonald's this morning. So it, the, their market cap is $165 billion. Remember, you know, Google, uh, Apple, Microsoft, they're close to a trillion. McDonald's is $165 billion. But that is 20% up so far this year. Their earnings per share was two dollars and five cents. That was what was expected. Revenue was five point three four billion. They expected five point three three billion, a little bit less. But same store sales grew six point five percent versus five point one percent. That was expected. So one point four percent more than was expected. Same store sales. Now, put in a little bit more perspective. McDonald's revenue has dropped thirty percent over the last five years. But profits all that time went up. Sales down, profits up. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and pond in this podcast replays do will provide a daily dose of market news with our with our unbiased commentary, ours and mine and Justin's. And if we have a fairly new offering, we do have a fairly new offering. It's called the Best Talk Academy. I taught the class yesterday. It was on real estate. It's an online training class. And if you join, you get all the other classes we've been recording now for a year for free. So go to investtalk.com. Number is 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Jose in San Francisco. How you doing, Jose? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You're welcome. I'm looking at a stock. It's uh, it's sort of like the PayPal of Russia. Uh, ticker symbol is QIWI, and uh, it's had okay. a nice run up. And I'm thinking about getting in, but um, you think it might be better if I wait for a pullback? Assuming the company is a good investment. 
it's broken out. So it's one of those things you can buy. I would probably suggest buy half now and wait for the a pullback to get the other half, just in case it doesn't pull back. QIWI, I don't know how you say that, QE PLC, it's a company out of Cyprus, operates electronic online payment systems in Russia. Okay, of course, you got the politics involved, Jose, so that's a danger, right? You know, the politics with us and Russia. Uh, and it's trading on our exchange, so that's why I mentioned the politics is on the NASDAQ. Um, it's grown 20%. Earnings, it's, it's, it's made money for years, every year, and it's going to make $2.36 next year. That's 50% more than this year. That means it's the 4P is 10 and the five-year range is 9 to 27, so it's still pretty good at a pretty good value, even though it's had a nice run for $14 to $22 in the last three or four months. It's still a good value. So that's why I'm saying maybe buy half now and buy a half on a pullback. Appreciate the call, Jose. Thank you. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning, as it is every Friday morning, and it's packed a four, It's always packed with – I pack it since I do it, with a lot of helpful information. And the first section is always called the market conditions section, and I mentioned the flood of earnings reports that came out this week, a spattering of different appointments, but generally they were pretty good. And we're going to get another huge flood next week, and that'll probably be about the end of earnings season because it tapers off real fast when you get to August. And uh, also said that we're going to have a huge flood of economic numbers coming out next week. So, we'll see how that's going to play out. The most critical ind indicators to follow to relate to the overall trends within the credit markets. I offered some me metrics, and this is in the portfolio management section. Some, some of the metrics you look at when you're, manage you're looking at a stock. And, you know, and some of the metrics you look at when you're looking at the overall economy. So, you know, every week I talk about something about managing your portfolio. So there's my market man portfolio management section was the first section. Uh, then, of course, then there's three other sections after that, the portfolio management section. Uh, and then there's a stock ideas. There's two couple stock ideas I mentioned this week. One was uh, you can think about the largest heavyweight motorcycle maker. You should probably be able to guess that company. And uh, maybe it's maybe it's finally at its bottom. I also talked about a diversified financial services holding company that I listed in there. Now these are usually just stock ideas. They're not recommendations to go out and buy something. That's not what they are for. They're for you to add to your watch list, do your own homework and decide when and where you should buy them, if at all. Maybe they don't fit in your portfolio. Maybe they're too risky or not risky enough. I don't know. I, I, I don't know you, but I do give you a couple of ideas. Consumer watch, that's the fourth section. Fourth section. I talked about discussing financial issues with your spouse. Uh-oh, that could be a lot of big trouble area, right? Big, big trouble area. Uh, my wife and I used to do engaged encounters. Uh, we used to counsel um, young couples that were engaged. And finances is the biggest issue they don't you don't talk about. And that is one of the biggest issues that people fight about. So I listed some, 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 I gave you some suggestions I learned in doing that. So that's what was in the uh, consumer watch. 
And mostly because, you know, you, you might not think it's consumer related, but it certainly is because spending money as a couple is you need to be on the same page. And there's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter, I think, and it's there each week. It's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com. comes out every Friday. Every Friday, directly to your inbox, your email box. Okay, um, let's see, where did you go? <laughs> um, big Tech is facing regulatory threat. Do we have time, guys? I thought we were running out of time. Okay, call... Okay, a couple of more interesting little tidbits. Uh, Big Tech is facing regulatory threats, as I mentioned earlier in the week, and the Justice Department is uh, looking at anti-competitive practice in Big Tech. We discussed that, and that could be a big overhang for many years. doesn't necessarily go away. Sometimes they'll come up with a report, and uh, what a report will say is the Big Tech company, you have to do X, Y, Zs, and we're going to monitor it for the next five years. Or they'll break you up. You just never know. Yeah, I think Facebook is one of the ones that has a big is facing the biggest impact. Facebook, because they have already been in trouble. They just paid a five billion dollar fine. They're going to be that's going to be a problem. But Google is going to be there. They're going to be looking at all all of them. Yeah, be careful. On Monday's Invest Talk, there's an analyst opinion: the U.S. government broadside against big tech could cause the stock rally to stumble. Is he right? That's going to be the story on Monday. We saw the news today about McDonald's, right? Um, and we're going to talk about any. We're going to have a, mar, a, a, a quick um, a market trivia question about McDonald's. If you had invested hundred dollars in Mark McDonald's stock in 1969, at the time of the moon landing, and you had not touched that investment, you spend hundred dollars. How much would it be worth 50 years later? 99 chart. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go to research tool? Y Charts. It's a cloud based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Y Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Y Charts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. 
Get serious. Get Y charts. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so I asked before the break uh, about McDonald's. If you invest $100 million in McDonald's stock in 1969, at the time of the moon, uh, moon landing, you, how much would it be worth now? How much? How how much did it go up in the last fifty years? If you just let it let it rise, you just let it alone. Your McDonald's stock would now have a value of eight point two million dollars. That would fund your future. Your financial future would have been set, wouldn't it? How many burgers do you remember? They used, they used to count. They used to have on the outside of their stores how many burgers they sold. They stopped counting. In 1958, they had up their 100 million, they sold their 100 millionth hamburger. And by 2000 and, uh, what was it, 2000 and, uh, no, it was 1994, they stopped doing it. And at that time, it was 99 billion. Okay. <laughs> was it trillion now? <laughs> I, they don't know. They don't tell us. I bet you they know. I bet you they have that figure somewhere. But we don't know what it is. But it's got to be a trillion. I, I can't imagine not being close to a trillion. My main talking point today concerns the market analyst's opinion. You will need a five-point plan for surviving the coming stock market downturn. Now, what's interesting is this person is talking about um, the, the his whole thing is about um, uh, being too bullish. Uh, there. You know, there's a contrarian belief out there. When everybody's everybody's bullish, that means all the money's in the market, and that means the next move is the market down. So you look for the bullish things. What are some of the things you look for? Well, investors are close to being fully invested, so they have less buying power on the sidelines to drive. So how do I know that, though? Well, there's the Chicago Board of Options Exchange, the CBOE, the Volatility Index, that's a good place to start, and it's around 12. Below 16, below 16 is bearish, meaning the market's too, there's too much confidence. There's not enough fear because the options, the option exchange, say, you know, the VIX is also referred to as the fear gauge. So the lower it is, the less fear, and it's around 12. It, it, if it's that low, and that's very low. It should be much, there should be more fear in the market for it to keep going up. Okay, there's also the Investors Intelligence Survey, Investors Intelligence Survey, and that shows 58% of investment advisors are bullish. Anything above 60 is a bearish indicator because too many people are in the market and they have all their money in it. It's going to go the other way. Or you can look at the National Association of Active Investment Managers survey. 
And that shows 82% of them are bullish. Too many managers are bullish. That's a bearish indicator, meaning markets over too much confidence in the market. And then there's the CBO three-day put call ratio, which stands at 62%. Anything below 58 is bearish. See, these are the things you need to start kind of tracking and trying to understand, you know, when everybody is so happy or content. Contentment is a dangerous sign for the market. If people are content and they, have, they, have, they don't worry about the market, the market's going to go down. There's an old saying, the market crawls up a wall of worry. A wall of worry. The market crawls up a wall of worry. Because when there's money on the sidelines, people waiting to buy things, that means that they have the power to push prices up. When they're already in the market with all their money, where's that power going to come from? And that's what this is all about. Now, is it true all the time? Nope. <laughs> it's not true all the time. There's not one thing that you can look at and say, oh, okay, I can, I'll, I'll use that. That, that, that. that makes a lot of sense. You need to put these things together in like a, a, a whole array of things of whether it's going to be bullish or bearish for the market. Okay. Now, let's fit in another question. Our caller wants advice on defensive sectors. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I'm just curious about your opinions on the best defensive sectors during a recession. With the looming recession coming, I'm just curious about the best sectors to get into. I always hear consumer staples. I'm just curious about a couple others you might have in mind. Thanks. Bye-bye. Consumer staples is a good one because you have to buy them. That's why they're called staples. You have to buy shampoo. You have to buy diapers. You have to buy detergent. You have to buy food. Consumer staples. But utilities are also defensive in nature. Uh, precious metal is defensive in nature. You know, if you're looking for to defend your portfolio, uh, precious metals is a good place to be. And, of course, cash is very defensive in nature. Having some cash on the sidelines. And what you do, how you produce cash is, let's say you have trades you're working with, and these aren't core holdings, but these are trades of stocks that you're just trading, and you think, uh, you know, this would be a good stock. Well, those are the kinds that you start to look to sell to produce cash, or those are the ones you sell and get into something more defensive. That's how you do that. Now, doesn't mean to get out of the market and sell everything. No, that's always a mistake. Always, always, always. Always. Don't do that. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And I hope you're making the right choices with your money for yourself, testing your 401k, your IRAs, and everything else. Try, remember, look at fundamentals, look at trends, look at the economy. Try to understand what you're invested in. I know it's difficult, but you can do it. Okay? Um, and if in your 401k, we, ha we might be able to help you there. Justin and I can help at KPP Financial. We have a math-based model to guide you based on your risk tolerance, your personal risk tolerance. We call it the Active 401k program. We monitor and advise that program. And then you take the action to buy or sell. But we'll tell you what action to take. You can read about more about it. Active 401k and Invest Talk. And Invest Talk. Jeez. When you guys do that, it messes me up. 
um, investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. If, to any degree, you are unsure about the consistency of your skill set with regard to managing your portfolio, now may be a smart time for you to ask KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein for individualized guidance. You can start with a no-obligation phone call to the KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or send Steve and Justin a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Let's go and talk to BJ and Freeman. How you doing, BJ? I'm going good, uh, Steve. Uh, thanks for taking the call, and I uh, really appreciate your show. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. Today, I'm asking a question about uh, you. You were talking about uh, contrarian investing and all that, but do we have an idea at this point that what percentage of money is sitting in the money market? Uh, my, okay. Because everybody is worried about the recession, I'm sure that people are keeping a good percentage of their money outside for that uh, eventual day, which which is not right. coming. So, but, I mean, do you have any idea that what percentage is out there compared to the standard norm? So, okay, so you're asking me how much do uh, how much money is sitting on the sidelines right now, or are you asking me how much you should have on the sidelines? No, I'm asking generally from the standard, what the percentage that okay. people generally have, what, what is the current status? Do we have any idea? No, we really don't know exactly how much is on the sidelines. Uh, you can you can go by the, the mutual funds, but mutual funds tend to stay fully invested. So you don't really know what individuals have on the sidelines. So it's very difficult to ferret that number out. So what you can do is what I just suggested is find out how many people, uh, individual investors, uh, uh, how much, how bullish they are, how bearish they are. And then you have mm-hmm. to kind of, well, gee, if they're really, really bullish, that means they probably have mm-hmm. all their money in the market. But you really don't know that, BJ. We really don't know how much money is sitting on the cash and sidelines. Because one of the problems is some of that money is always going to sit on the sidelines, right? People don't ever have group money. They'll never invest. So you can't just add it up and say, okay, that's the money on the sidelines that is going to eventually come into the market. Well, you can't make that assumption. You don't know. So it's very difficult. Uh, There's some estimates out there, but it's hard to rely on them. If I I was to tell people right now how much money you should have on the sidelines, ready to jump in, I would say um, no more than about 20% at this stage. No more than. How much should you get if you're really, really frightened? I would never be more than about 30%, 35% in cash on the sidelines. I wouldn't be more than that. Because no one don't really know where the market's going to go. You can tell it's overbought. You can tell it's overpriced. Those things you can tell, but they could stay that way for years. Look at some of the tech companies. They've been overpriced and overvalued for years. And they're still going up. So, anyways, good call, BJ. Good question. Thank you for thank you for that. I do appreciate it. Okay, the ECB Draghi, Draghi, Draghi. I don't know how you say his name. The ECB president had a meeting this week, and it was a little disappointing. 
because he didn't wasn't very clear what the what the European Central Bank was going to do. Was it going to ease more? Mm. He says interest rates are to remain at current or lower levels through the first half of 2020 next year. Well, that's not very clear. Is it going to be at current levels or lower levels? Are you going to lower it? Doesn't okay. We know he's not going to raise it. Well, we knew that. It's not you know their economies. The European economy is not doing that great. So it was a little disappointing because we don't have much clarity coming out of Europe. So that we're not going to be able to rely on that any further than what he's saying. Now it's very much like our Fed. They don't like to telegraph too much. But with the weakness that we see, you would think they would take a little bit more action, and they're not. So that's what happened in the ECB meeting. Remember, the Fed has its meeting. The European Central Bank has their meeting. You know, and those are the two main players. You got Japan, you know, has its own central bank there. But no one's really paying much attention to them these days. So that was interesting this week. Durable goods report were up was up 2%. Up 2%. Last month, it was down 2.3%. Down. Shrunk the month before. 2.3%. Core durable goods up 1.9%. Almost 2%. That was a bit of surprise on the positive side. Positive. If you took out planes and cars, it was up 1.2%. There's a difference between core... And we do, and the reason why you take out cars and planes is to see it because they're so expensive. You know, they're huge, huge. They affect it very much. The durable goods report. So you want to know what it is without it. So orders declined for defense spending, which I thought was interesting, and it would decline big. I thought they would not decline because you know Trump is spending money on defense, but maybe they'll catch up next quarter. Don't know. Okay, we have a, another caller on the line uh, wants to talk about natural gas. How are you doing? I uh, love the show. i got a quick question. Do you think natural gas is going to make a comeback in, anytime soon, or you just think it's a way of the past? Thank you. Well, we have so much of it. We have, I think I read somewhere, a 500-year supply of natural gas, or maybe it was... 500-year supply of energy, but a huge, huge supply of, of natural gas. We are blessed. We, mean the United States, are blessed with huge puddles of space, whatever you call them, clouds, wherever they are under the ground, of natural gas deposits. And it's a very clean-burning energy source. And because we have so much of it, it's you know the, the price is going to be dri- driven by you know, demand. But the supply is going to keep prices low for a long time. So I, I would not be too interested in investing in the natural gas space myself. It's just not something, you know, I'm interested in. We're also, you know, shipping a lot of that natural gas by freezing it, natural liquid natural gas, and sending it to Europe in competition with the Russians' pipelines coming into Europe. And I think that's, you know, the demand for natural gas will go up. But the supply is huge. So I just don't know that's a great place to invest your money at this point. Thank you for the question. I appreciate it. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278 is our number. This is Investalk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, as you know, and that's the same goal every day, financial freedom for all of us. 
It is difficult. When I say all of us, I mean all of you listen to the radio show. I mean, that's you people are the ones who are driven to try to achieve it because you're listening to the show. So this is our goal. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, a hedge fund manager is warning that a U.S.-China trade deal cannot be reached. His view cites a clash of cultures. Is he right? That story, Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's talk to Keith, who lives in Redondo Beach. How are you doing, Keith? Very well, Steve. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call. I got a question on Thank stock you. screeners. I I know mm-hmm. you're uh, a fan of, of investing in stocks that make money, and, and frankly, me too. And so right. I use stock, stock screeners to look for stocks that do make money, and I think that comes down okay. to largely earnings. Um, and there's a lot of right. good stock screeners out there. There's Finviz and yes. Zach, uh, and they've got a lot of different earnings parameters, you know, like earnings per share last quarter, last year, forecast right. earnings, right. price to earnings growth, yep. EV to EBITDA. Um, what what are the what are the the earnings? Assuming you use earnings to filter for stocks that make money, what are the 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 filters that you use? And then what are the ranges? Some of these I have no idea what EV to EBITDA, what a good range is for various sectors. What are your rules for filtering stocks in these screeners? Thanks. Okay, that's a very good question and much more complex than most people probably would believe because you kind of touched on it. You know, screening for earnings and growth of earnings, and you know, number one, you always look for the forward estimates. You don't look at what has already happened because that's already built into the stock price. So you're looking at estimates going forward, and once you start looking forward, that becomes the future is murky and gray. So you're using numbers that are estimates and guesstimates. But, and you have to base it on the sector that you're filtering. If you're looking at tech stocks, I guarantee you their earnings projections, growth projections, and the numbers you're going to use is far different than if you're looking for a consumer staple company. You have to adjust every. If you're looking for a dividend-paying company, you don't, you know, grow, you can't put huge growth factors in them because they don't have huge growth. They they're they're dividend payers. If they do pay huge dividends and they're growing very fast, that should trigger a caution in your head. So it's very difficult to say, okay, use this number and that's it. You can't do that. So if I'm screening. And I do like Finviz is the one of the ones out there that you mentioned that I like a lot because it's free and it's a very good screening tool. But there's others. There's a lot. Um, you know, I look if you're looking for growth companies, then I'm looking for high growth in earnings and sales. So my screen would be uh, 20% growth. You know, I'd start with there 20% growth in earnings per share next year. Uh, consistency of growth in the last three years, and uh, huge sales growth. You know, those kind. I wish I had a clear answer. If I'm looking for a dividend payer, I'm looking for a sustainable dividend 
Um, so I would say, you know, I'm looking for a decent dividend. I wouldn't put 8% dividend yield because then I'm going to get all the high-risk dividend players that won't be able to be sustainable. I'm looking for sustainability. Therefore, I want sustainability of dividends and sustainability of earnings going backwards and forwards. It's, I wish I could tell you. <laughs> Keith, there's just no one answer that I can really help you with. You're going to have to learn the different sectors and the different characteristics of each one of those sectors. Thanks for the call, though. It was an excellent question. Let's go to Grace in Palo Alto. How are you doing, Grace? Good. Thanks for taking my call. I am interested to know what you think the uh, future of Alibaba is. BABA. I have a few well, in mind. F- uh huh. Go ahead. I just said I, have, I own this song. Okay, I think the future is pretty bright for Alibaba. Uh, This is uh, out of Hong Kong, provides global online mobile retail marketplace via Tabayo.com and Tmall.com and other sites. So it's a Chinese, uh, (coughs) excuse me, online retailer, meaning Amazon, you know, competing with Amazon. And they have a pretty, there's a, Pretty big company, $462 billion. The growth rate in sales is 30 to 40% per quarter. You know, a year ago was 70, 70, 60, 70% per quarter. So the growth rate is slowing because as it gets more growth, it's going to slow down, right? Uh, they're looking at, uh, you're looking at uh, earnings next year of $8.72, 28% higher than this year, next the year. Be so it's really, the future is very good. You're just going to have to pay up for it. It's going to be expensive. P.E. ratio is 31. If you want to be in it, you got to pay up for it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program, and I thank you for your support and all your questions. I appreciate it. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday. Then I'll be in San Jose on Wednesday. So, Justin will be back on Wednesday. And please tell your friends, all your investor friends about our show. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. I'll be in September 19th and 20th. I'll be in New York City. So, if you want to meet me there, register now at InvestTalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.